I tell you, I'd have to kill you. I mean, Jesus Christ, man, what are you doing? I told you I'm doing this. The Joe Vore Podcast is a brand new sponsor, and it is Dating Assassins. Have a first date coming up and have no idea what you're going to talk about? Well, Dating Assassins has you covered. With over 100 cards and 100 questions, you'll never have a boring date ever again. You'll make things funny, interesting, and even a little bit spicy. So get yours today, linked in the description below. Enjoy the show. Coach Horn, I don't know if you know this, but uh, this is a show that now has sponsors, which is very exciting. So we, this is the first episode with our brand new sponsor, Dating Assassins. I got the shirt on. Apparently, these companies think that I actually go out on dates and they send me card games to play on dates. So pulled a few cards. They're kind of like little icebreakers. Okay. Kind of wanted to work them into our conversation as a little, little ad read, make this fun. So you guys ready for this? Do it. Yep. Okay. So the first one, do you think music was better back in the day? or now I have a hard time getting into country which is really interesting because like my entire growing up like that's what everyone listened to i think that's i just kind of got sick of it i think after a while <laughs> uh, but shoot I, that's a tough question you know i think i really enjoy today's music like i really do um i think the talent involved to create music back in the day was a lot more important and uh, was a lot, it was a lot harder to come up with good music back in the day. I think nowadays anyone can just mess around and come up with a cool song that's going to end up with two seconds on TikTok. Same for podcasts. Yep. <laughs> and and the, the, uh, uh, the, I don't know. I, I, think, I think I would have to go with in the past based on that, but I, I actually probably enjoy today's music more. Oh, but I think the better music, the act, like the creation of the music, the talent that needed to go into it was uh, that the, the past music is better. I agree. I agree. Now, here, here's something. I'm put a little put a little coaching football twist on this. The question is, what turns you on in life? But I want to know more so you guys are both coaches. What turns you on as a coach? Like when you're working, you know, with your receivers or you're recruiting someone like What's, you know, what's, what are some things that you guys look for and see that are like, oh man, like I really, like this guy just has to be a part of our culture here at your respective schools. Yeah. And when someone loves football, I think, like when you can tell that like football is, is their favorite thing to do. Uh, it's what they love. It's what they're passionate about. I think there's just, there's, it's so much harder. And I don't, I don't say these days, I wasn't paying attention back in those days, whenever they were. Um, but like, I think it's just really hard for us to find kids who truly love the game of football and not the recruiting process or uh, what, you know, what football looks like on Twitter for them or, you know, the, the thought of being a football player is exciting, but the work that, that goes into it, you know, I, I think there's just so few kids that just love the grind of it and just love the, the process of football because yeah, so much of football is, is not on a football field in front of, you know, in a stadium. Like that's, I mean, it plays four seconds and, you know, might get to play like 30, 40, 50, 60 plays in a, in a game. That's only like a couple of minutes of, of actual playing time. And then you talk about your entire career, you know, you only play like 40 games. You start every year for four years in college. Like the, 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 the actual game that's played on the field is such a short thing. And, and everyone loves that part, but the, the getting up every day and, and listen, no one just loves just waking up 
you know, every day and grind them, but just, just love to be around the game and love to be around people and doing the game like that. That's, I think that's for us, like just, man, it gets me pumped up to be around. Cause that's, that's, that's why I do what I do. Cause I love football. I love the game of football and to find people that are like you and to be around them. Those are guys we want to be around every day. Yeah, no, that's like the, uh, the old urban Meyer saying for four to six seconds of relentless effort on the dance floor. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Such a short time. That's right. That's right. Oh, Snowman, what about you? You're a young coach. What, what, when, when you're going around talking to these fellas, yeah. what, what gets you going as a coach? What, what, what gets you excited to get out there and get, get your hands on them and start crafting this guy? Well, you know, obviously I, I've not been doing this as long as Coach Horn. Not to say he's been doing it crazy long or calling him old or anything. But uh, <laughs> when we're in, you know, the, the meeting room and, and, you know, we talk about something that happens on film, talk about how you can correct it, you know, what you can do better, what you did wrong. And then, you know, that next practice or that next game, you know, they get in that same situation and they do what you talked about. And you just kind of have a second where you're like, oh, they actually listened to me and it worked out. Like, they're coachable. They're coachable. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. exactly. That's, that's kind of, that's my big, that's my big thing right now. Love it. Last thing, last card here. I like this. These are good. Yeah, these yeah. are good, right? We got a whole deck of them that I'll never use because hinge sucks. Nope. Just kidding. What is your pet peeve? I think my, my, in coaching, one of the, for me is, is when like kind of the opposite of what coach Nikolai said on the, yeah. uh, on the when, <laughs> when you, yeah, <laughs> when you, you work your butt off and you put together this beautiful PowerPoint and you explain it and you study it and you get this great technique and you teach it and, and it doesn't, it doesn't get used, doesn't get listened to and gets thrown away and dismissed. That's probably a pet peeve of mine and coach. In life, like I, man, I, I really, I feel like I'm pretty easy going. There's really not much that like, it's really bothers me. I think, you know what? I, I, I and this might be just because it's a, it's relevant. Just I hate wasting food. Like when we have food that, you know, it's in the fridge and then it goes bad. Like it's, that really bothers me. It's gotta be, I need to be better at planning my meals. I hate that. I like that. Uh, there you go. I, mine, mine originally for football was the same thing as you catch. Uh, however, I'll, I'll pivot. And I will go with something really stupid and really small, but it's just grinds my gears. When you tell some, tell a kid or a group of kids, don't go in front of this line. And then they walk up in front of the line because, you know, they're, you're either doing one-on-ones and, you know, they're trying to get out and they want to, you know, they want to rep and, or, or what, like, in all honesty, like I would rather you stand behind that line and not take a single rep than be, you know, jumping at the bit, go, going over the line especially when I tell you, please don't go over the line. That's Would you say that on uh, my next flight when people get up and think they're going to be <laughs> the first off the plane, the yeah, yeah, 44D? Yeah. There you go. So, so I guess it's, uh, it's kind of the in life thing too. Anytime people are like, you know, jumping at the bit to get, to get somewhere when it ain't. When the rules are cleared and, and they just dismiss. All right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Well, people are animals man now i'm now i am i was so excited to flight southwest sent me some drink coupons alcohol is back and the masks are gone and now i'm thinking about is people that are five rows ahead of me that are all of a sudden right next to me when when we're when the flight's over and i'm gonna be furious oh, wow. coach snowman is that what that says coach yeah. snowman 
You know the legend of the snowman, right? I mean, you have to. I don't. I don't. Never, that never came up. Why we call him the snowman? Have you told me this? No, Coach I, I don't. I listen. I don't tell anybody that my name's nickname is the snowman. That's you find out when you so find like, out, and then is it like the Iceman? Is it like yeah, something cooler. I'd say yeah, something something cooler than is that. The, your ball sign for like Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Coach Snowman, he got his nickname before Top Gun. It was, this was before yeah. 85 or whenever yeah. it came out. <laughs> it was actually like 2015, 2014. Maybe. Right. It was uh, as simple as uh, a practice jersey number eight looking like a snowman. And the uh, the airman himself said, Look, yeah. it's, it looks like a snowman. Coach Lesko. <laughs> no, that was Coach Muty. Ted Muty. I thought it was Lesko. No, because Coach Muti, he mm. he would he said, "Hey, you call me Snowman." I'd say, well, "What does that mean?" And he he'd say, well, "If I tell you, I'd have to kill you." I mean, Jesus Christ, man! What are you doing? I told you I'm doing this. <laughs> oh my. I mean, Coach Horn, you can see. I mean, look at this. I mean, we're this is a full blown operation now. No, this is this is very professional. Yeah, thank you. you. I appreciate it. It was professional. Other than, other than having Nikolai in charge, crashing the show, crashing the other show. The, having, the business I, people I heard, aren't going to like this. I is making more work for me. I got to edit all this out. Hey, hey, you can. It's just cut and paste. All right, cut yeah, me out. Enough. Throw it back in. All right, fair enough. We'll uh, I'll Photoshop someone much more notable for for some clicks. We'll get hey, it. There we go. I'm okay with that. That's the. Those are the problems right there when you you live back at home now. You got to deal with old people. Got to deal with that. So, Coach, this has been like, has it been two years, over two years? I think so. As COVID, it was the middle of COVID when we did it. Right. So, yeah, it's been like two years now, which is just crazy. Show's come a long way. You Snowman's got a new gig. You've had a couple new gigs since then. So, we might as well. Let's just, like, rewind all the way back. So, when you talk to us. You're at Tiffin. AJ's yep. still AJ's still a player. Um, obviously, we're in COVID. We don't know what's going on. And then, so how soon did you end up at Colgate? And also, like, how does that happen? I know, you know, you coach with people. You're around it long enough. Mm-hmm. It seems like everyone knows everybody. Obviously, there's a ton, ton of schools at a ton of different levels, but it almost seems like everybody, you know, is, all, you know, four, five degrees, six degrees of separation, whatever they talk about, right? But like, how does someone go from a Division two school, small town, Tiffin, Ohio, and end up at Colgate in New York? Like, how does that happen? How did that come about? You know, how did you end up there? Yeah, I mean, I think there's plenty of people who can get who get jobs uh, just in the coaching world by you know their uh, acumen and uh, their talent. Uh, I think a lot of it also has to do with connections and and. Um, for me, uh, going being able to go to Colgate came from one of my coworkers I worked with at Tiffin, Josh Eisen, uh, as a special teams coordinator there, and he's uh, done a great job. He's been killing it up there, and and that uh, that opening come open pretty late, and um, they were want to get through a you know a pool of people pretty quickly, and so basically instead of doing like a huge search and posting it everywhere, there was kind of the, the staff was able to kind of suggest some names, and my name got suggested, so I got interviewed and uh, did did well in the interview, I guess, and. Uh, um, then yeah, got the got the job up there. So um, that's that was. I mean, that's for me. Almost 
you know, a lot of my job is how that happens is it's someone, you know, and I've been fortunate enough that, you know, it's it, when I was working at my time at Tiffin, uh, for good or for bad, you know, we've, we've had a lot of turnover. Um, no one really fired, but just, you know, we had talented coaches that go on yeah. to their place. So in the, uh, shoot, the four or five years I was there, uh, I'm, I mean, we had a full staff turnover one time and I worked for two different head coaches in my time there, uh, you know, maybe 20, 25 different guys that I worked with. And again, if you're lucky that they're talented and they move on to the next level and, and, it, and, the, and, you know, had a good impact on them when you were working with them, then you get, they kind of bring you along with them. So um, that's been, that's been really positive for me. And it's very similar. How I ended up to this job at Eastern Tennessee state. Obviously I think I'm really qualified and I, I deserve this as well, but, right. uh, but you know, the officer coordinator was just hired here. And uh, the first, uh, my first job at, at, Tiff, at Tiffin was he hired me there and uh, obviously he must've done a good job and made an impact on him. And he had a job opened up here. They called me right away. So um, that's you know, kind of how, how I ended up here in Johnson city. There you go. And you finally have escaped the cold a little bit from Tiffin that, to New York State was, and making your way south. That was a very welcome part in all this was, you know, and it was tough. I really enjoyed Colgate. I loved it there. The the campus is just beautiful. And the, yeah. the, the people there are awesome. They're, I mean, they're they have like a $1.2 billion endowment. They're so well funded and they got so many resources. And, um, you know, the kids were phenomenal to be to be with and I uh, just really and coach DeCosti the head coach so I just love, really enjoyed being with him too so it was it was a tough decision to like leave but um being able to go south and, and be with you know coach Nugabauer uh, who's a hot name and coaching right now and, and shoot up the ranks and to be a, a school as talented as East Tennessee State um for me it was a, it was you know it was a really exciting opportunity that I couldn't pass up yeah, so you kind of mentioned it already, something I wanted to ask you about. What it's like, what is it like making that jump, you know, from D2 to D1 and you're at a school that has more resources, you know, just over time, it's a bigger school. They have a, you know, stronger alumni network. You talked about the endowment. So just more resources, more money, you know, how does that change, you know, your level? Obviously, I'm sure, you know, you're doing a little bit more, uh, you know, traveling for recruiting and things like that. Maybe you have a little bit more, to offer, you know, also ac academically, maybe there's just more available for people to be able to study. So what is, what's it like making that jump to a bigger school? And then all of a sudden, maybe you have a little bit more to offer, but it also gets more competitive as, as well. And I think the thing that a lot of people don't realize, I think is just how different each school is from each other and how, I mean, different in, in almost every way. Um, yeah. And it's say in, in the D2 world and in the, you know, D1 world, um, it's not, not even close to comparable um, in, in a lot of cases. And obviously there's this, that's why I think they, you know, came all, they've been in conferences back in the day is because they try to get like schools that have, again, competitive balance. Um, but like to being at, I'm at the FCS level here at, at East Tennessee State and then same level at Colgate. I mean, these places couldn't be any more different. And, in every way and how they operate and, and, and the resources they put towards one thing or don't put towards another thing. Um, I mean, there's aspects at Tiffin um, that are better than here or there when I was at Colgate. Um, there's, and even in the D2 world, there's parts of, you know, like a Grand Valley State that's a 30,000, you know, student school that's, you know, got state funding and, and has a bunch of resources. They're, they're not even close to being the same stratosphere of playing field with what Tiffin's operating with. And in many ways, there's, there's things that they do better, I'm sure, at you know, Grand Valley State or Fair State um, than what we do here. 
and there's things that we do here that are really well. It's just every every spot is just so unique um, in the the advantages they have and the challenges they have to face. Um, so it's I don't think people understand that. And that's why um, you know there's 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 some places where you just you'll you can't win more than five games. And you just, you never yeah. will because of what the money they're getting in, putting into it or the resources they have or where they're located, you know, so no one, you know, there's not a school, you know, in Wyoming isn't winning any national championships anytime soon. You know, it's, and yeah. now that's a testament to what they're doing at North Dakota and North Dakota state and, and the schools up in Montana. Shout out Grizzlies. Yeah. It's my, that's yeah. my FCS team. There you go. Like I, they are like there there's, but there's so much more different challenges and they're able to do that though, because their schools are putting the resources that don't allow them yep. to, because you know, they're not in a hot i mean for you know for us to recruit i you know three hour drive i'm down in atlanta yeah it's, there's talent everywhere or drive over to south carolina i mean those guys got to fly everywhere you know right that's that uh you know montana football is bad there's just not nearly the 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 talent pool just sitting there and it costs so much more for them to find them right um, to be a school that you're willing to put all that money into that and allow that to happen you know then that, that's that's why they're winning. You know, that's, that's right. why they're, that is because the school's chosen to do that. Um, right. So I, yeah. don't think, yeah. I don't think people understand that. Yeah, for sure. Let's kind of stay on recruiting there. Cause that's interesting. Yeah. So obviously you play high school football, college football, coach, college football, all in the state of Ohio, very football rich state. You can get a lot of quality guys <laughs> in the state of Ohio at all levels from Ohio state to, you know, capital or whoever at the D3 level, you're, you're going to find some guys that want to play football that are good at football. Um, obviously, New York, you don't exactly think about football when you think New York, but now you're in Tennessee. I kind of want to ask you know, what's high school football like in Tennessee, especially compared to Ohio. And like you said, even if maybe Tennessee isn't the number one state in the South to recruit players, I mean, you are very close to a lot of hotbeds. Obviously, we know what the South puts out in Georgia and Florida and Louisiana, you know, at all these big schools um, and, and just football rich states. So what, what is it like recruiting just in your state? What's high school football like there in Tennessee and just also recruiting around the South in general? And, and I've only been here for eight weeks or so, maybe a little bit longer than that, but uh, so I'm still learning, learning the area yeah. myself and getting familiar with it. I, I think, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I think, you know, people would have had, you know, a not, a high opinion of, of football here in this area at times. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm a Yankee saying that down here, so I probably don't. You know, I'm, I'm sure that that would uh, make some people mad. That, but that when I I never I never recruited down here in Ohio. Um, that was the you know I think a lot of the people I coach with would say stuff like, oh, you know, it's you know not like Ohio. And obviously, everyone in Ohio is going to think Ohio is the greatest. Um, I think now though, like uh, just from my experiences here, and, and when I was at Colgate, I recruited uh, Tennessee and North Carolina. Um, there is, uh, in Tennessee, like the football here is, is growing tremendously and yeah. exploding. And, and obviously with the, the, um, the population of Nashville just exploding, um, I mean, the, the private schools over there and, and, and there's a lot of talented public school teams over there in Nashville as well, but there, I mean, just everywhere you go, there's just, there's talent, um, in that area. And, and even in the other big city, Memphis and, and Knoxville, yeah. and I mean, there's there's a lot of really good football down here and it's um they say it makes it easier for us you know it's it's you know we don't have to you know travel 10 hours to go find kids there there's a lot of kids right here in our backyard and so you got elena right here in north carolina's you know on the other side of the mountain 
South Carolina and shoot Alabama. There's been, um, I recruited Alabama and it was my first time. I've shoot, I've never recruited past Tennessee, you know, until a couple of weeks ago. And I got to spend, you know, a week in Alabama recruiting, um, you know, Birmingham area, a little bit farther south. And it's just, same thing. I read, you walk into a school and there's just, there's talented kids down there's there. There's just so. dudes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, awesome. But, but everyone recruits the South. That's the, I feel yeah. like there's a lot more, first of all, I think there's a lot more colleges down here. I would say college, but football teams yeah. um, down here, obviously it's really important to everyone. And, and, you know, they have spring football um, that we don't have in Ohio. Yeah. And I think that's a huge, huge asset for these, these kids that get developed in, in high school, they're getting another, like four more extra months of real football and um, in their, in their high school careers. And so they're able to be more developed and um, you know, I'm able to go watch a scrimmage and watch them play live in, in April or, or May. And that's right. awesome. Yeah. yeah and, so, okay. Let's go back to, let's stick on that for a second. Cause I think that's interesting. Cause I think that, you know, is really kind of, I don't really follow it super closely, but you know, some people I follow on Twitter will like some tweets or quote some comments, you know, local, journalists and things like that with Ohio being such a football rich state, like, 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 I feel like it almost comes up every year. There's a conversation. Why don't they push through spring football? I, I feel like, you know, you know, why, why haven't they kind of come up with the times? Cause like you said, the development and not only, you know, yes, you do get better. You're able to hit, you know, more so the ground running, lay that foundation earlier in the year. But also just, you know, if kids want to go on and play in the next level, it's a good taste because obviously you have spring football everywhere. Like I know Ohio really isn't, you know, your concern anymore. You, you're down at East Tennessee State. But like, you know, wh why, why do you think, you know, a state, especially like Ohio, hasn't adopted spring football? Well, th there's there's a lot of good and bad with it. I mean, there's for the bigger schools, it's great. Yeah. Um, you got your kids on the team. You know, 30 of them might be playing baseball and tracks, you know, and so you probably got some, um, you know, and, and then you have your graduated seniors, they're gone. So, but you see probably like 60 kids, you know, that, yeah. and you can, you can, you can practice with that and you can have competitive scrimmages and stuff like that um, and actually get something out of it. Um, you know, a lot of this, you know, division three, four, five, six, seven schools, they, it wouldn't be very beneficial to them because half the team is probably playing another sport already anyways. And they may right. only have 40 kids on the team that leaves you with 20, but then you got 10 seniors who graduate. Now you got, you know, 10, you know, and yeah. so it, it's, it's kind of, it's good and bad. Uh, like I said, if, if you're, you know, Dublin Kaufman or something like that, and you have 120 guys on the, on right. the team, then it's, it makes sense. Um, right. But, but even, the even schools then, that maybe don't have as many guys, like, I don't know what the rules are. Can you do any coaching or any contact like that other than workouts in the spring for high school football? Like, even if you don't have that many guys, could you at least like, okay, we can't do a ton on the field, but at least we could, you know, get a lot of mental reps, maybe look at some old film, at least go up the line on the field or to be able to set up throwing sessions and actually be able to coach people through throwing sessions. Like, is that stuff it yeah, allowed or, or would that be an advantage for the smaller schools with less kids? Exactly. And I think, and I was learning while I was kind of asking questions while I was out recruiting there, because I, mean, I would go to some of the smaller schools and yeah, and they would do a thing where, Hey, for like two weeks, we would just do OTAs where it's a lot of just individual teaching. Like yeah. we have received an hour for the receivers or an hour for the quarterbacks or an hour for the DBs. Um, and then, you know, it was mostly focused with lifting and, and stuff like that, but individual drills since we yep. they couldn't do, um, 
one of the things I thought was really neat is they would invite um, the last two weeks, they would, the whole coaching staff would just work with the junior high kids ah. or, or the rising, the rising uh, eighth graders yeah. that were going and they would teach them, this is our culture. This is how you act. This is what our expectations are. Yep. And you, those, you know, used a couple of weeks for that. Um, and there's a couple that just didn't do it at all. You know, there's a couple of places that, Hey, we just, we just lived through all this, or we, you know, we might throw, you know, once or twice. But like our quarterback's a pitcher and our best receivers uh, on the track team and our running back, you know, is, you know, is going to be transferred in as even here. So, yeah, uh, you know, that there's, so there's some of that too. Like some of the places I'd be at, like, yeah, we just had two weeks of spring practice and none of the guys that were practicing are ever going to play, yeah. you know, for us. And so there's a little bit of that, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think it, it gives, the, it gives options and allows those, those teams to be creative with it. And, um, some coaches want to be super creative with it and some of them just want to lift and yeah. that's okay too. Right. Yeah, no, that, that stuff's interesting. Um, yeah, snowman, why don't you figure that out, man? You're in Ohio. You're, you're a name now. Why don't you run that up the ladder to the commissioner, whatever his name is. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm certain I'm, he's not going to do it. it I, that's, it's seen, it's always a hot topic. I know with the, yeah. the and again, it's the bigger schools are really champion it and the smaller yep. schools are don't really matter for them. So, um, and, and the other thing too, it's a lot, the, the track season and the baseball season down here can start a lot sooner right. and can be over by the end of April. And so then they, then in May is when they do their football. So yeah. In Ohio, like the baseball season doesn't get started till late April, really, you know, and same with, you know, track. So they're, we're at, I mean, they're having the state track meet right now, or yeah. maybe it was last week up there in Ohio. And, and, you know, those kids would have missed all of, you know, they would have missed all the spring ball. And so it's not, yeah. it have been advantageous from that. Yeah, that's true. Cause I think about high school baseball in Ohio, you know, you lose in the sectional and it feels like you still might have five games left because they all got snowed or rained out. And it's just like, my God, it's yeah. Baseball seasons. It's, it, it's a grind just to get through and play games just because of weather. So that's, that's a big thing too. That's the advantage of the South down there. So what is, um, kind of, you know, as, as I talked to the snowman, you know, now he's worked in a few different places, like every, coach is different to work for every place is different you know whether you play you know even you know we saw it AJ you know back in high school you know every coach was different as we go from sport to sport like coach Horn what, what are some of the things that you've seen as you've gone from different location from different level to, to di you know different areas of the country about you know how people you know run their program or, or and, and what are some things maybe that are, are pretty constant that you would feel like that you've seen carry over from place to place that you feel like, you know, just most programs try to try to do. So where are the, some of the similarities and differences as you've moved around as a coach? I think, wow, that's, I mean, that's a, there's a, there's a lot. I think very similar to what I said that, um, you know, every school is, is unique in their challenges and their positives. I think it's very similar um, and how each head coach runs their, um, you know, runs their team. It's very, every coach has had a very unique personality and a very unique way of operating things. And a lot of that too is reflected in, you know, the, you know, financial situation they're, they're getting from, uh, you know, the support, the resources they have, um, you know, what their positives are from a, you know, from a facility standpoint. It, so sometimes your hands are tied and you have to share a facility with someone and, or sometimes, you know, Hey, we have a ton of money that's been donated in this area. And so we're able to, 
be a little more effective and efficient in this way, or we have to be more creative in this area. We don't have the funding for this. Um, so I think yeah, I, things that kind of carry over that, that I've seen consistent is, um, you know, the, the, the shoot all, every coach, or the head coaches I've worked for have been all been fantastic. I think um, they're, they have a really strong vision for the program and they're all able to communicate, communicate that effectively uh, to the staff and, um, and they also, you know, and, and to get oversee everything and lead in a, in a manner um, that allows, you know, their, their employees to, to work hard and work um, individually and do what makes them great, but also kind of stay on track with the vision of the program. That makes sense. Do you ever, do you ever, um, do you ever work in any of your clips into when you're trying to show guys how to do it to let, just let guys know like, <laughs> Hey, this white guy back in the day could fly. No, I, I try to, I try to keep that as you start opening that door and then it's just then people want to see a move now. And it's just, right. not good. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was I've, wondering, you know, you're like, we're, um, yeah, you, we're trying to teach him how to work this. I'm like, I was pretty good at this back in the day. Let me show a few clips. You know, like, Oh, Okay, Coach Horn. Like, I just wondered if you could ever like how, how do you how do you work that a lot out? Of, I do have you know. There's there's always a time where I have to bring out the highlight film just because you know looking at me a lot of times it's like well this guy has no idea what he's talking about. So you know, we talk about you know to get to be able to coach these guys and you know, we're trying to build trust with them and uh, there's a number of different ways to to earn trust. It's really hard, um, but one of the ways is you know is is one of the important parts of components of trust is competence and, and for your players to know that you're competent and you feel that you're teaching them. And off the first glance, you know, a lot of times it's like, well, this guy might not know what he's talking about because he sure doesn't look like he could play the position or ever did. And uh, so sometimes we have to break it out just to you know, help remind them, Hey, listen, I've, I've been some places I've, I've been able to do some stuff. And right. uh, so I'm at least listen to me at first, you know, at least hear me out on some of this right. stuff. So, well, well, I'll usually work it in there. I'll sneak it in where we get some clips up there. And, um, someone starts talking about their 40 times or something like that. Well, I'll have to remind them what my 40 time was and stuff like that. So. That's right. Snowman, do you ever bring out the, the, the kicking highlights? Well, I have zero kicking highlights. Uh, I have a, I think I have a high school highlight buried deep in the internet somewhere, but my, uh, oh, it's my... on info. It's on info wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, no. My, Alex uh, Jones is eating a nice bowl of breakfast chili. Like, oh, AJ, this guy. I tell you why, this guy can get open. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I've I've had to adopt the um, you know what Coach Horn was talking about. Coach Horn was you know obviously a very good player, very good coach, and uh, you know was able to do some really good things. As you may or may not know, breaking news: I'm now at his alma mater, Ashton University. Right. Um, but I've kind of adopted the method because I didn't have the, you know, quote unquote stellar college career, right? Where, you know, I'm, I walk into a room and they know me based on my playing. I've tried to learn as much as I possibly can in the last, you know, three, four years so that I have a crazy amount of knowledge, whether I do or not up to, you know, interpretation, but, you know, just trying to learn as much as I can. And, you know, so that I'm qualified for whatever it is I'm doing or talking about. Right. Yeah. You're the Eric Spolstra, the guy that's been under, yeah. you know, under the guys who know everything you've worked your way up. You don't have the, the Pat Riley, you know, I coach these guys, I played this, 
but then this but Spolstra has been around forever he's put in the dues and has earned the respect yep that's uh that would be a perfect analogy I hope I think so I, I I'm placing some futures on that bet but I but I feel good about it <laughs> yeah, yeah. how's the how's the other horn coach horn how's uh, our our lord and savior uh, um, uh choir teacher that we that we miss Mrs. Horner is doing well. She, uh, we got her moved down here uh, last weekend, and um, finally got the house sold. Tiffin today was the was Congrats. the day. So that's all all done, and um, there's still many many boxes in the uh, in the garage that it's packed up that we got to unpack here. So really, tomorrow is kind of our first day. Uh, we were at this. I was actually up in Pittsburgh at their at the Steelers um, OTAs, uh, watching oh, their nice. practices and meetings and doing that stuff. Um, and uh, so I've been, and I've been at camps and recruiting and all that. So um, we've been here for a couple, for about 14 days or so, but we really haven't got to like move in. And yeah, and tomorrow this weekend is going to be a big, big weekend for that, but she's doing great. That's awesome. So when you're up at, I mean, when you get these opportunities to be around the pro guys and the pro coaches and seat up close, like what is, I mean, I, I know you spent, you know, uh, you know, some, some time of preseason there with the Colts. So you, you lived it. But, you know, still now, I mean, when you're around those guys and around those coaches, like just what is it like seeing all of that up close, the size, the speed, talking to the coaches, their knowledge, just trying to soak everything in? Like how valuable is that, even if it's just five minutes or even if it's just being able to be up close enough to observe of what you can take away from from those experiences and opportunities? Uh, I mean, a, a ton. I mean, it's an awesome, it's anytime we get those opportunities to be up there. I mean, a lot of teams still are, are not allowing outsiders in just for COVID, you know, just to protect their players. And I understand that. And uh, like I said, we were fortunate to get to go up there and, and it was shoot. Like you said, anytime you can go somewhere and even if you just take away one thing, you know um, it's, it's definitely success. And, you know, for me, I, I I'm, you know, making some changes in, in how I'm teaching some releases and, and thoughts on there's so many, there's some, a lot of new ideas and, and techniques coming out there about footwork off the line and, um, you know, kind of see what they're doing and, and just bounce ideas off of them and hear their perspective on it. Obviously, all, all those guys are highly qualified and, and um, you know, and, and then to confirm some stuff too, like, you know, I, there's some stuff that I'm, I'm teaching and to see them teach it is really exciting. And yeah. it, it talk about, you know, building that trust with your players and you can say, hey, I literally just was watching, you know, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers receiver do this in practice, this is his drill, then, you know, it just helps. Yeah. And I mean, I, I hate to say it being a Browns fan, you know, I hate the Steelers, but I mean, for receiver stuff, it's, it's hard to argue any other NFL team over the last decade or so has developed receivers any better than Pittsburgh has. Um, so yeah, anything you can take away from them. And obviously Mike Tomlin, you know, never had a losing record playoffs, Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff. Do you have any interaction with him? Like, what's it just being around a guy like that? He's just, I mean, just, I feel like this is something he would say. He's just a guy. You know, he's, he's, he is as, uh, let's say charismatic and, and um, as natural and, and as he is on TV. I mean, he's, he's just a regular dude. I mean that in the most positive sense, like he's just, you know, you sit down and have a beer with them and, and just, and he'll talk to you and uh, it's all genuine. And he's a good, I mean, just, you just, the person that he is that you see on TV. And, I mean, it, it comes through. And to be honest, like the, the most impressive thing I saw the whole time was um, just his, it was like a, they had a three day OTA. It's the middle of June. Um, you know, it's, 
it, it's serious because it's the NFL, but it's, you know, it's still a, um, you know, something that's just, it's just a, you know, a day and, and right. we're very season. Um, and just his, his opening speech for the day and team meeting was, was very just nonchalant and very natural and just, and, and it, it was still like, there was, it was still just packed full of, of nuggets of just great information, right. Of, of getting these guys ready for the day, how to be a pro, what the expectation is, what the, what the goals are for the future. Like just the way he, the way he's able to, you know, uh, command a room is, you know, just impressive. It's why he's, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. And he's had so much success. Man, that's, I, like I said, I hate to say it being a Browns fan, but that's, that's awesome. You know, it's just like, you never count those guys out. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. It doesn't matter who's hurt. Can't ever count Pittsburgh out. And a lot of that, you know, has to go from the, from the top down, of course, coach Horn, I want to ask you one last thing. So obviously, you know, kids that are coming up, right. The high school kids are going to go play in college. There's, there's the kids that, that, you know, maybe they don't have to do a ton more than what they do on the field because they're just that special, right? Like the five-star guys and the guys that are, you're just like college is kind of formality. These guys are going to be pros, but some of these guys, you know, maybe that are more fringe guys that are, you know, you know, going to be going playing lower division one FCS division two, things like that. And, and you know, they're competing for spots and, 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 at, and at places they don't have the unlimited money that some of these, you know, these bigger power five schools have to give, right. You know, what are some things that you really look for? You know, you're recruiting, maybe, you know, you're, you're lining up player a and player B, and there's a lot of similarities. What are some things that you would say, you know, if some, if some high school guys see this, that want to play at the next level, like what are some things that they can do to really set themselves apart? You know, they're good football players, but they aren't these five-star guys, but they are, but they want to continue to play football. They love it. And they want to use it as an avenue to, to get a lot of their school paid for as well. So what, 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 what can they do to, to, to maximize their, their opportunity? Well, I, th I think the, the interesting thing is there are just so many talented football players nowadays in high school um, that just being really good isn't isn't a guarantee that you're going to get I mean shoot we're we're getting kids that I that I have my receiving room like I have eight nine ten guys who are so talented you know and, and I want picking three to put out there and um, on any given play and so I think just to understand like that talent is is half the battle but um, there's so many talented people. Um, and so for me, the, the opportunities for these young men to, to find a home is, and it's very cliche to say, everyone said like, it's the great standpoint. Um, you know, the, the, the Colgates of the world, you know, there's, there's our, even our league here in the Southern Conference, there's, there's such high academic standards for a lot of these schools that if you aren't in the 3.5 GPA and, and getting you know 25, 26, 27s on the ACTs, um, you know you're cutting out half the schools that could be looking at you. And um, yeah. you know, if you're able to get that 28, 29, 30 on the ACT, now instead of talking to 50 schools, you're talking to 180 schools. And that I think is um, that's what I think's missed the most. Is and again, kids will say I have, I have good grades at 3.2. That's great. Um, but no one from the Ivy League and no one from, you know, um, you know the, the, the Patriot League does that with Colgate. And a lot of these, you know, these high academic schools here in the South, like, yeah. they, they can't even talk to you. Um, and so, yeah, I just understand that. Like, there's talent. Is, there's plenty of it out there. There really is. And, um, you know, if, if 
if you're not six foot eight, you know, 280 pounds and, and can spread pretty fast, then, then it's going to come down to a lot more than just your talent. And um, that when, when you have those good grades, when you have those academics, it just, it triples your opportunities. Gotcha. First That's question I asked, first question I asked is what's your GPA? Cause you tell me 1.1, I got no reason I can even talk to you. Like you're not even going to be eligible. And that's when I was at Colgate, if, if, you know, if you didn't have like a 3.5, like yeah. it was going to be, you know, um, you know, we could, we could wiggle down a little bit farther than that, but still it was, um, I mean, for those, for those high academics it really helps for recruiting. Like you really narrows your pool down who you're looking at real quick. Yeah. Um, it really well, narrows your focus. And for your like opponents too. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you've got, you know, like that league, Patriot League, the Ivy League, like, there's a very select amount of like kids in the country that are going to be playing in that league. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. Cause um, is, uh, is Lafayette in the uh, Patriot league. Okay. That's, that's where my dad, so that's where my dad went to school. He played football okay. and baseball there and they sent me uh, maybe it was between, it was my junior year, like in the spring, they sent a request to the school Lafayette did for like a football thing. And one of my ACT score. And I was just like, should we really like, do we even need to send it? I mean, I'm like, if we do, they're probably going to take my dad off the alumni mailing list. Like there's no way I can get into yeah. school there. I'm just like, all right, yeah, we can send it, but I don't think we're going to hear back. Definitely never did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't stupid, but I, I, I wasn't going to Lafayette. Let's just say that Arizona state with, you know, 90% acceptance rate heartbeat was much better for me. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, even what, a lot of kids think it's good grades. It's, it's still not even close to yeah. even like North, Northwestern or, or like Purdue or, you know, there's, there's a Notre lot of Dame. Duke. Yeah. Yeah. And Ohio State has high academic standards, but they're, they're flexible to a football team, you know, and, but, but some of these big top tier schools are not, they, they, they won't let you have that freedom. Yeah. Well, coach Horn, we appreciate your time as always. Let's make sure we don't wait uh, two years to do the next one. No, I'm anytime, man. I'm, I'm always happy to be on here with you. Yeah, no, we love having you on and we'll definitely do uh we'll bring back the, um, the uh, uh, Mount Rushmore next. And we did, we didn't do that this time, but we'll, 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 that'll be a good little tease for the people. We'll do, we'll bring that back next time. That was fun. I'm, I'm excited about that. Awesome. Well, thanks coach Horn. Thank you coach. In this, hey, how about this round of applause, coach snowman, the return. It's been a long time, w yeah. which was once a very normal guest is uh, finally made his triumphant return. So great to see them. Thank you yeah. to our spawn sponsor dating assassins. They're great. Check them out. Link in the bio. If you go on a lot more dates than me, which is one or more, you're going to love it. Enjoy it. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs>